This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. This week at our house, I think the theme is just open the door. If you remember Jen Schmidt's book that we had Jen on our podcast earlier, and Jesse, wouldn't you say that's kind of been the theme? Um, yeah, I, I think the door is rather a rotating door in our house right now. <laughs> it's not even open the door, just leave the door open. We are hosting three college girls all this week, and they are in town for a Pine Cove camp in the city. If you're familiar with Pine Cove, they are a Christian camp organization, and they go around um, with teams in the summer. They actually have 11 different teams that go around to different cities and put on these really cool camps. And so this year we got to be a host family and we are loving having the girls here. But I think just because we already have people staying at our house, it's sort of like, come one, come all. Yeah. Well, it, it's been really neat to, we have uh, an extra room that the girls are using. So Catherine is sleeping elsewhere. She wanted to sleep by herself in the basement. So she gets the whole basement to yeah. herself. Although she says she's not been sleeping that great, so... Well, yeah. But anyway, I have just been thinking so much about that concept and how, if you've been following me um, on my blog or on Instagram for a while, you know that in 2018, I set the goal that we were going to open up our home every single week for the entire year. And that was really inspired by Jen Schmidt's book, Just Open the Door. And I had her on the podcast earlier, and we'll link to that episode in the show notes. But 
I going into 2018 was very scared because I wasn't, I had always said, I'm not good at hospitality. And I just felt like that wasn't my gifting. And I realized you don't have to be good at hospitality to be hospitable because I think in my mind, I had created hospitality to be this thing of like, I needed to be able to be a really amazing cook and put out this great spread of food and set my table beautifully and decorate my home beautifully. And that's just not who I am. No, that's not your strength at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Have I mentioned that I have never ever nailed one thing onto any wall in any house we've ever lived in. That is how low I've set the bar for my decorating skills, but or <laughs> we can't even call them skills. My decorating abilities, I don't know. lack of yeah. non-skills anyway. And so I think that just setting that goal really changed my perspective of what hospitality was. And it truly is a just opening up your door. Mm-hmm. I think of this week, the, the college girls, we didn't have three extra beds for them to sleep on in an extra room that they could all stay in that had a bathroom that they could all use and that we weren't using. So instead, we have three mattresses on a floor in the room that has a bathroom attached to it. And it's not amazing, but I know that they sleep on air mattresses a lot of the time. So I figured this is a little step up from yeah, an yeah. air mattress. And it's what we had to offer them. And I think that's for me, it's just being like, this is what I have to offer you. I'm going to open right. my hands and open my, up my heart. And here's what I have to offer you. And last night um, we had extra people for dinner that I really hadn't planned on. It just kind of happened and it was okay. Let me pull out another bag of broccoli and we're going to roast some broccoli to add to the meal. And let's, you know, instead of the one loaf of bread that I thought we were going to do, let's, let's uh, bake two loaves of bread. And and by bake, I mean, Jesse bought them marked down (laughs) at the store and I buttered them and put them in the oven. Um, And so for me, it's just saying, this is what we have to offer you. And we're going to open up our hearts and our home and welcome you into our imperfect and not beautifully put together, amazing meal, but we love you. We care about you and we want to open our home to you. And I, I've just, there's just been so much blessing in that. And so it started in 2018 where I was so scared. And by the end of the year, it has just become, I mean, I feel like it's something that we're actually pretty good at now. (laughs) If I can say so myself, that sounded really prideful or something. No, it's just being comfortable with yourself and opening yourself up for who you are. Really. I mean, that's all you're doing is open and not having that expectation and pressure put on yourself of some pie in the sky idea, Mm -hmm. but being willing to say, this is what I have. This is who I am. And you're open. Yeah. And I think there's been so much blessing for us. We have not only gotten to know a lot of people at a much deeper level that we never would have gotten to know, but then our children giving our kids opportunities to exercise hospitality as well. And I think one of the things that we've really encouraged them when they have a friend over and being one, being willing to say, sure, you can have your friend over or your friends over. A lot of friends. A lot of friends. (laughs) When it comes to Catherine, she's always wanting to have friends over and lots of friends. But for me to say, that's great. What are you going to serve them? You know, what are they going to eat? What are they going to drink? What are you going to do? And having them practice 
hospitality instead of just relying upon me to be the one to kind of be the entertainer and the feeder, you know, right? Mm -hmm. feeder, the (laughs) the cook, the chef, whatever, the food maker, the food maker. Um, and, and I think that's been really cool to see that they, they'll make a plan and, you know, Silas will be like, well, we're going to have macaroni and cheese and I'm going to make it. And we're, you know, and so just giving them opportunities to Mm -hmm. feel really comfortable with hospitality. So that's something that was just on my heart as this week, as we've gone through this week and so many people have come in and out of our door, just the beauty and the gift that opening up your door can be not only to others, but more so to us. I feel like we're the ones that get the greatest blessing from it. Another thing that I wanted to mention on the podcast this week is a habit tracker. I just started using one and I'm always hesitant to share something if I just started using it. Okay, I'm six days in. So does that does that count as I just started or Yeah, you still just started. Okay, I just You're still on the first page. It's not my first day though, or it's not saying like this is what I'm going to do. This is my great idea that I never do. Anyway. It's like the first annual get together. (laughs) I am I just have really been feeling like I want to spend more time writing ebooks and courses. I have so many ideas of ebooks and digital products and courses that I want to produce. And the problem is, is I can go throughout my day and just between writing blog posts, writing email newsletters, Jesse keeps yawning. It's because you've been getting up so early yeah. working out. We can talk about that a little bit later. Mm, maybe. <laughs> You've been opening up your door to your to the workout your workout buddy who's yeah. been coming over every morning at six a.m. Mm-hmm. Is that what time? I don't even know because I haven't been yeah, up. We start at six. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So I, I just been feeling like I want to produce these products, but between writing email newsletters, writing blog posts, writing Instagram posts, responding to emails, responding to Instagram comments, there's a lot of writing that's happening, but it's not on these projects Mm -hmm. that are a long-term sort of thing. And so I'm like, where am I going to find the time to do that? And I realized it's all about me just prioritizing my time because I can always find things to fill up my time. It's a matter of me saying, okay, what is the priority? And so by printing out this habit tracker, I got a habit tracker from just a girl in her blog, um, Abby Lawson. It's free on her blog. We'll link to it in the show notes. And it's literally just 60 bubbles or circles, I guess you would call Mm -hmm. it on a page that you fill in, there's something about that physical act of actually filling something in. Not For me, it's like this big circle that I'm actually having to fill in or not fill in if I don't do it that really motivates me. And I have it right by my bed when I go to bed at night. So it's kind of the first thing that I see in the morning to remind myself, I have set a priority to write 2,500 words every single day on an ebook or course. Mm -hmm. Now, before anyone feels like, Crystal, that's crazy because that's a lot of words. I need to clarify that I am actually... Crystal has a lot of words. I have a lot. Okay, I have a <laughs> lot of words. But that's a lot of words to be writing in the middle of a lot of other things going on in my life. So I need to clarify that I am using a lot of different posts and Instagram posts and articles and things that I've written. I'm kind of compiling these. So it's taking words I've already written and then kind of tweaking them and adding to them. Um, I'm counting all of that as the 2,500 words. So I'm just getting 2,500 good words on a page 
every day is what I'm counting. Why are you shaking your head at me? That's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) It is not cheating if the finished product is going to actually be a finished product. How's that cheating? You had already written the words. But I hadn't put them in an ebook form. And I'm tweaking them a lot and changing them up a lot. So you can say whatever you want. How many words have you written recently? (laughs) Come on. How many? Zero. Wait, I think you wrote an Instagram post last week. Mm -hmm. 20. Maybe two. I don't know. Anyway, you don't really have a lot to be saying towards (laughs) me. (laughs) Where's your ebook that you're you're writing? It's in the Ethereum. (laughs) You're still researching it out. Still in my head. Researching it out. Back to what I was saying, the habit tracker has really been motivating me. And so I just wanted to share that because maybe you have something in your life that you say, I want to prioritize this, but you haven't prioritized Mm -hmm. it. And maybe the simple act of just, I printed it out, put it somewhere that was a conspicuous place that I'm going to see multiple times a day, Mm -hmm. and then publicly announcing it actually went on Instagram because I knew I needed that accountability. And that has really been motivating me. And honestly, I've gotten more than 2,500 words every single day for the last six days. And I think in the next few days, I'm going to have, you're laughing at me again because you're saying I'm cheating, but I'm going to have a 20,000 word ebook. That's great. Almost done and ready to send to someone to format for me. And I've been wanting to do this for a few years. I have so many ideas up there and I have so much content that I've written, Mm -hmm. but that needs to be repackaged in a way that it's going to be so much uh, more valuable for somebody who's reading an ebook. Like you don't want to have to go to 50 different places and, you know, a lot of it needs to be updated because it was something I wrote eight years ago and a lot has changed, but some of the same principles are the same. And so it's just really encouraging to me to see that by prioritizing this, Stuff is getting done. And I think in two weeks' time, how much I can get done. And by the end of this year, if I keep up with this, how much progress I'm going to be making on these ideas just by saying, I'm going to prioritize it and I'm going to find a way to follow through with it. Right. Well, and the big thing about this too is that it's just one task that you're choosing to prioritize and that you're choosing to follow on your habit tracker. Mm -hmm. It's not five different things you're wanting to do, it's one thing. Well, because honestly, if I were to come up with five different big things like that, you wouldn't get right done. now, I couldn't do it. No. I'd be setting myself up for failure. But I can say I can focus on this one business task that's going to be an extra thing every day that is really going to help move the ball forward, plus provide income and also help so many people because I'm creating products that people have been begging for for a long, long time. So I'm excited about that. You, on the other hand, have been using a habit tracker with the kids for the summer that you put together. No, I I found it. I didn't put it together. Well, no, you did. You changed up a lot of stuff on it. I I gave you the idea of having a printed out sheet. Well, I was... Yeah, you'd printed the sheet out for me, and because I, I was really, I was concerned that, that over the summer the kids were just going to languish, and and they, that's the last thing that we need is for them to be idle, and <laughs> I mean they're already going crazy, not having 
to go to school, you know, not structure having something is, to do. Structure, structure is, is very really important for them. And they would just be on electronics or watch yeah. movies or something so, like that. So we yeah. found this uh, habit tracker that is actually one column per day for a whole month. And it's like a spreadsheet basically. And you can write different tasks that you want them to do. So I think it's, it was editable. Is that yeah, right? It's editable. Okay. I, I not editable. Editable. Edit- it tastes pretty good. Depends on <laughs> every time I say editable though, even if I write it, people think I'm, it's a big piece of paper. That you saying it's edible, editable so that you could do it right on the computer right. before you printed it out. Yep. And it makes it a whole lot easier than your hand scratch. So, or my hand scratch, yeah. not yours. Um, I don't know what site I found it off of, but I think but it we'll probably says it. on it and we can yeah. link to it in the show notes, but you want to talk about more. You're the one that put all of the yeah, things it's on great. there for Be, them. And, and what I did, I listed things that I wanted them to do. I listed extra things that I would want them to do and made a bonus. And what I'm going to do at the end of every month, I'm going to go through and count all the different check marks that they've put on what they've completed and the bonus things that they've completed. And I'm going to come up with some kind of gift or some outing or something based upon what what they've accomplished this summer so and i've got you know reading for a certain period of time or exercising for a certain period of time and just things that are not electronic related just mainly Chores, yeah, going pl- outside outside you know just things getting them to be active extra projects i think there's some extra cleaning projects mm-hmm. that they can do yep. to get bonus points and i've just seen all of them Yep, have they've, been very highly motivated. And I think having the sheets all laid out, so it's kind of like they are competing against one another. Right. And, that's, and they don't know what it is that I'm going to be coming up with because don't, I don't even don't know what I'm going to be coming up with. <laughs> they told me though, Silas said, yes, we're earning bonus points. And dad has some really big thing at the end of the summer. We earn enough bonus points. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if he knows what the big thing is. <laughs> But you'll come up with something. I will come up. You always do. So today for our interview period, it's just me and Jesse. You're going to hear more of us this summer because we've had a lot of requests from people to tackle specific topics. And this one today is from Sarah. And she wanted us to talk more about what it was like for the two of us to run a business together. She said, I'm really interested in some more in-depth conversations about running a business with your husband. I feel like very few couples talk about this, and I've had trouble finding any books on the topic. So she asked a number of questions, and we just thought, let's just go through these questions. They're great. Let's just go Mm -hmm. through them and answer them. So first off, she said, how do you decide who makes what decisions in the business? Honestly, we make a lot of the decisions together for mm-hmm. one, but for two, we figure out what our strengths are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not good at keeping track of books like I am. I'm better at keeping track of the bank accounts and making mm-hmm. sure what gets spent where and tracking all that. Which it's funny because I'm very frugal and I'm very careful with how money is spent. But when it comes to actually dealing with spreadsheets and taxes right. and payroll, I have no desire to do any of that. And I can't even imagine if I had to try to keep up with it myself. Right. You're, you're definitely not a an in-the-weeds kind of person when it comes to more management, um, day-to-day Detailed, data-oriented type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I'm keep track of that mm-hmm. and make decisions based that is in that arena mm-hmm. or whatever. But we talk about it mm-hmm. and there's, you know, everything that's going on. I get sent the spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. I get sent the data that I need to know in order to make the decisions that I need to make. And you kind of help filter through that as well as a few other people help filter through what does Crystal need to see. Right. But if at any time I wanted to be more involved, you would, you would definitely, you would welcome that. Just like last year, whenever I said, we're spending too much in taxes, I need to kind of step in and figure out is there anything that we can do? And so meeting mm-hmm. with our CPA and having them help us. And so I changed a lot of how I do things and how I run things based upon what they said. And it right. helped tremendously. Yep. And I should have stepped in earlier. I tend to be very hands-off when it comes to the actual legal, financial, um, taxation, all of that. Because I just, I really, it kind of gives me it makes me really antsy and on edge to have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I try to avoid it, which isn't really a, probably a healthy thing, but I let other very smart, capable people like you, oh, thank you manage it for me. And I think, you know, how do you decide who makes what decisions in the business? For me, it's kind of, I know certain, uh, I make a lot of decisions every day that aren't ones that I'm going to need your input on. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of know, okay, this is a, big business decision. If this involves, you know, hiring somebody new, if this involves a change in a job description, that's going to impact the business, um, in a significant way. If it's, you know, someone's salary change, if it is us possibly doing something that's going to require a lot of my time, Mm -hmm. I'm always going to bring that to you. Or if it's just a situation where, I just am feeling kind of stressed about it and I need your perspective. Mm -hmm. It's just a complicated situation. We have a lot of times where maybe someone will be like an advertiser will all of a sudden be become really demanding and Mm -hmm. I want to approach it well. I want to be a good leader, but I also want to be gracious. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes running it by you, I'll say, hey, can you read this email? Or, hey, I'm going to have this phone call, and this is how I'm thinking of approaching it. Can you just give me your outside perspective? So so you're not – there's no emotional tie that you have because you don't have – you're not dealing with this fresh set of eyes. And so you you help a lot with that. She also asked, how do you decide how much money you're willing to lose to a new idea? I don't know if I've ever thought of losing a certain amount of money to an idea. I think that that language is something that I would probably never say. I would probably say, how much money am I willing to invest Right. when there's some risk involved? Especially when you look on the upside and what you could get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's more how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Is the reward at the end of whatever project you're working on is it great enough to substantiate taking that risk? And it's not that we have never taken risk. It's not that we've never sunk money into the business that hasn't paid off. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, one of the big things is we've always been debt-free. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to spend money that we don't already have. That we don't have set aside for that. And so us deciding together if it's a fairly substantial amount. And I think. 
I mean, when I say fairly substantial amount, I feel like anything more than probably for me, if it's something more than $1,500, I'm going to talk to you about it. Oh, yeah. I'm not just going to go plunk down $1,500, whether that's for a conference, whether that's for a program, whether that's for hiring somebody on to do a task. I'm going to talk to you just because I want to have an outside perspective that I'm not just making this, making a decision and maybe not thinking through. You tend to look at it from a very different perspective Mm -hmm. than me. So I think, you know, when she says, how do you decide how much money you're willing to lose to a new idea? I think it's, do we have the money? Are we fairly confident that there's going to be a reward for our risk. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking at what are we fairly confident will be the return on our investment. And I think one of the things we do a lot is just test the waters. So we're not going to go plunk down $8,000 into something that we're you know, not real sure if it's right. I mean, if we're going to lose the whole, all of the $8,000, we're probably not going to do it, but here's the deal as well. If you have that money set aside for that particular purpose, and losing that $8,000 is not going to affect any other part of the business, it makes it so much easier to take that jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it, whenever possible, we're both about like, let's start with the $80 and the $800 test mm-hmm. to make sure that we think there's a good chance it's going to pay off before we would go plunk 8000 or right. 18000 or you know more than that. But then also, do we have that money set aside for it. Because if we don't, then we're not going to do it. It's a no. It's a hard, hard no. We're never going to spend money that we don't have. We always have at least three to four months emergency funds set aside and then extra money set aside for extra projects. And so I think that really helps because we're very cautious about spending that because we want to make sure that it's a good investment. And we're both on the same page with that. Okay. Who calls the final shots if you and your husband can't agree on a business decision. I don't know if we've come at that kind of impasse that we've decided, well, whatever, we don't agree. I'm I'm just going to do it anyway. Yes, I know. I was trying to think we don't agree a lot on things. I yes, mean, we do. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. You baited me into that one. There are often times when we will have very um what is the right word? Um Lively discussions? Very lively discussions because you see things very differently than I do. Mm-hmm. So that's a very common practice that you and I, a I, lot of times- I, I see things correctly. You see things wrongly. <laughs> a lot of times it happens in the mornings when we're getting ready. I feel like that's the time when I'm sort of like, hey, honey, I don't know what to do about this thing. And I think my personality is a lot of times I, I actually already have my mind made up. <laughs> and so- it drives you nuts. The, the worst thing is when you come to me and say, hey, I hope you don't mind that I did X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, why even come to me if you already did X, Y, and Z? It's already happened. I just happened. want the reassurance that I made the right decision. <sighs> no. I think that we oftentimes will have lively discussions. We'll oftentimes not see eye to eye on something. And when we don't, I think that's our indication. Well, we need to wait. Mm-hmm. And I, I think- yeah. You know, typically if we can't hash it out and come to an agreement and the agreement might be a compromise for both of Mm -hmm. us. Well, that, and then we can talk to other people on our team and, and get other team members input on that as well. And then we'll move forward from there. But I think we never, it wouldn't be like, well, I'm sorry. 
you know, you're a jerk and I'm right. So I'm going to do this because there have been a few times back in the day. Remember the one thing that I, I'm not going to share the details because it involves some other people, probably people that would never listen to the podcast, but just in the off chance I made a decision or, or, or I, I wanted to do something that some other people were involved that were really strongly pushing me to do. And I kind of manipulated you to say yes. Yes. Because yes. you said I do remember no. That. Yep. It mm-hmm. was a hard no. And I manipulated you because I was getting some pressure from some other people. And I ended up doing this thing. And it was a colossal failure. And so much emotional stress that came from that for mm-hmm. months and months and months to come in those relationships that fell apart. And there was so much just turmoil and frustration and sadness. And if I had just listened to you and not manipulated, mm-hmm. I could have saved myself all of that headache, mm-hmm. all of that. And so I think I learned, I always have to learn things the hard way. So I learned the hard way. If we don't agree, we need to wait to move forward until we do agree. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that means I need to stop being so stubborn and I need to listen mm-hmm. and I need to actually let you speak into my already hard headed made up mind mm-hmm. and open up my mind to something that's different than right. Well, and, and my stubbornness and I can see that in some decisions I've made as well and that I've not fully brought you to the table and I've come to regret it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was, there's, there's been a few decisions yeah. where you kind of just moved ahead with it. And I, ta- then- I talked to you about it, but not quite to the level that I probably should have. Yeah, it was like... Not probably, that I should have. Because I never... You talked to me about it, but I never said, yes, let's do that. Mm-hmm. If we're both thinking the same thing. Yes, I think we are. Both <laughs> I brought it up maybe a few times every <laughs> once in a while. Okay. Um, and then she said, when you have a spender and a saver, as her, she and her husband are in the marriage, how does that play out in the business? I think you're fairly conservative as far as a spender when it comes to business. Yeah, because I don't make the day-to-day decisions of the operations of the website mm-hmm. because you're you're the one that's, you know, choosing to make certain decisions on what plugins to get, who to hire to help with certain projects and that's where the money gets spent. Mm-hmm. And I'm more so making sure that the money that's getting spent is coming from the right place and that we have the money in the mm-hmm. right place to invest in other in other projects. So I feel like it works out well for us because you are paying attention to all the little numbers mm-hmm. on the spreadsheets, but I'm the one that's actually kind of the gatekeeper of what's getting spent in the day to day. And so, and because I have my finger on the pulse so much, I am super, super conservative when it comes to spending money business wise, mm-hmm. my poor team. <laughs> I mean, I look at every single five and $10 purchase. If it is a recurring thing mm-hmm. and we don't absolutely need it, I'm not going to spend money on it because I will tell you that those five and 10 and $17 recurring purchases really add up. Yep. And you can have so many of them as a business oh, yeah. owner Especially all over the place. Little, you know, little plugins and, and these little uh, Subscriptions, prog- programs yeah. that will help you be more productive here and there and, and help everything run more smoothly that you 
totally forget about and don't use. And yet you've been paying for it for a year. Yes. And so you're the one that's really paying attention to those things. And Mm -hmm. you'll come to me, hey, you know, we spent a little bit more on this this month. What was that for? Or Or if I see expenses that I I don't know what they're for. Yes. So, So I think that works out well, almost that you don't know all those things because then you'll come to me and bring it to my attention. Right. If it's something different than the norm, and we go over those regularly, and mm-hmm. I'm, I think then it works in my favor to be so conservative because I feel like that's what's allowed us to stay out of debt. That's what's allowed us to have a really good profit margin. Um, and yes, I might be sometimes a little anal about it. I mean, I just think today it was about giving one person on the team one extra hour a week, and I went back and forth by a few emails. Okay, well, are we sure that? This investment is actually going to pay off. You know, with my team, I'm always like, I'm happy to consider spending the money, but you have to show me why. Mm -hmm. That's very important to me. Show me why. And if you can show me why and you can make a case for it and we have the money for it, I'm happy to say yes to it. But I think it's so easy as a business owner to just not pay attention to the why and just be like, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, we should do that. Oh, that's great. Oh, they're doing that. And pretty soon you're spending thousands of dollars a month for all these good ideas ideas and great ambitions and what everybody else is doing that's successful and you aren't making a great profit because of it. So I think our personalities work really well in how we have the business structured Mm -hmm. and set up. Um, And then her final question is, do you find that when you keep your personal budget super tight, your business budget is looser. She said, for example, our personal budget, if our personal budget actually went over by $100, I would be horrified and shocked because it doesn't happen. But the business budget, Facebook ads routinely goes over by $100 easily. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, you've got, the problem is in that kind of situation, you just have to budget appropriately mm-hmm. and and budget that fluctuation because things like Facebook ads or Google ads or something, you it's you're going to have to go by an average of the last three to six months and budget that way. You can't nail down and say, yeah, this is exactly what we're going to be spending well, and I think every that's month on those like we have a fluctuating fairly- expenses. We have a fairly large kind of miscellaneous account that sort of, you know, that keeps... Yeah, both for business and for personal. Yes, we have both because, but I think with business especially, we are more apt to, I don't feel so, it's the budget that we have for the business is more so like, here's the average of what we spend every month to pay, you know, just our contractors, some Mm -hmm. of them, sometimes they're going to have worked a lot more hours. So we're going to spend more. So we have an average of, this is the average of what we pay Mm -hmm. them, or this is the average of what we spend on advertising expenses, or this is the average of what we spend on travel for conferences or whatever. But if you have that cushion category built in, you're going to be golden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think then you're not, I think for us, it's more so looking at Ongoing expenditures, we're very careful about that, or a big business expenditure that we're going to plunk down money, Mm -hmm. looking at that and seeing, okay, where do we have that in the budget? And for me, one of the things that I try to do is anytime I'm going to take on a new expense, I look to see, is there another place that I can actually delete or tweak or lower Mm-hmm. An expense. And so I'm always trying to get the best return on my investment of money and time as well. But so, you know, maybe we have someone who's doing a particular thing 
in a contract position that it, we're not really seeing a great return on our investment. Could, mm-hmm. could we instead invest that money to have that person do something else that would bring in more? Or is there another thing that we really want to add on and we look at it and we say, you know what, it would be, it would be worth it if we actually had that person do this. Or we hired a different person because what that particular person is doing is actually not bringing in what it used to bring in. Right. So just constantly looking, if we're going to take on a new expense, if we're going to plunk down money, is there a place that we already have that we could actually find that money mm-hmm. to use versus taking it from well, the savings and, account? And to that point, I have a special uh, category. It's a special projects category mm-hmm. in, that I fund every month just for those big purchases. If something mm-hmm. comes along and we need to... Um, plunk some change down for something that will make us money. That's what that's there for. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that is really helpful. And we use YNAB, you need a budget mm-hmm. yep. for both our personal and our business expenses. And that's been really helpful to us to figure out, okay, where are we at at all times? You can kind of see, are we in the red? Are we in the green? Where are we? How are we doing in every single business bucket? Right. And so at a glance, I can tell. And I also love with that because I can go through and I can see every single expense that is a regular expense. And Mm -hmm. so we try to regularly go through that and just be like, are we really using this? Is this something that we need to have as a recurring expense? Because things change. And especially with an internet business, every two years, it's kind of a completely different ballgame. And so you have to, if you just keep spending money the same way, keep doing the same thing, it's not going to work long-term. And so looking at those expenses can really help to make sure that you're not just getting in a rut and just spending money. Mm -hmm. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.